0: Hey everyone, this is the I Read Comic Books podcast. I'm your host, Nick White, and this week I am joined by two amazing people Renee Rodriguez. Bueno. And Kate Scotchless. Hey. First off, I want to point out that this is our 150th episode. I think we've actually done more, I don't know if that's counting mini and non-numbered episodes, at which point we've done even more, so that's fantastic, but numbered-wise, 150. That's pretty amazing. I think well, everyone can agree. Beyond that, I want to point out that the reason you're hearing my voice is because Mike Rappin, Kara Shamborski, uh, Tia Vassiliou, Xander, and Paul, uh, Jace Lee, as you know him, uh, are all at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Uh, they've been there since Thursday and are having a great time by all accounts, so that's why you're hearing me, and you'll probably hear more about that in the future. The last thing I want to just quick go over is the fact that we have a new Goodreads book for March. We'll be reading Silver Surfer Volume 1. Uh, New Dawn, uh, written by Dan Slott, and drawn by Mike Allred. And we also have a new Goodreads uh, poll at the moment. Uh, Who is the most uh, villainous of the villains? Actually, that's not a poll. I think that's just a thread. (laughs) Um, But we have polls, too. We'll talk about that more later. (laughs) Anyway, all of that out of the way. Uh, Let's let's talk about what we've been up to, what we've been reading. Uh, What about you, Renee? What have you been up to? What have you been reading? Uh, anything and everything else involving you, I'm all ears.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. I'm going to forecast that Renee's been reading manga.
0: That's a good guess. That's a that's a really fucking good guess. That's what I'd go with. <laughs> I'd be
2: hurt, but you're right. So. <laughs> and it's not that I don't like reading normal comics. It's just that, you know, manga are always there for me, and they're really
0: good. <laughs> and they're really cheap. Um, well, yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah, well,
0: yeah. Well, I remember when you were like, what's this one where it's like, hey, this is 150 pages and it's $2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. yeah. Shonen really Jump? Shonen Jump, is yeah. it? Shonen Jump. Jesus Christ, yes, yeah, so that's it.
2: You can just say Jump for short, like all the cool kids do.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, fill me in on the fucking lingo so I can be like, yeah, you read Jump? Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, no one calls it that, who told you this? And then I'll be like... Yeah, if all I, I'm trying to envision any
1: cool kid reading manga
2: (laughs) how dare you oh shit
0: (laughs) anyway we won't be talking to kate this week i guess it's just me and renee and
2: uh oh god you know if the weeaboos aren't saying have you read jump then i am so out of it but i think they are so we're good diving right in though so this week i actually did pick up some manga from my local comic book store i picked up Hikaru No Go, Volume 8 and 9 by Yumi Hata and the fantastic Takeshi Obata. Not that Yumi isn't fantastic, because she is. She's so good. Hikaru No Go, by the way, is a manga about a board game. And it's amazing. It's so good. Sure.
0: I mean, R- renee will been say, over Rene. this before, but like <laughs> Reneo, like list off this huge title and all these massive people, and then it will be like, this one's about table tennis. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know if you're fucking really with me good. at this point, Renee. I don't know.
2: <laughs> no, Hikaru Nogo is actually one of my favorite manga of all time. It's really good. It's The art is insane. And despite the fact that it's about a board game, it is incredibly serious. And it also has just fantastic moments. Randomly, I will reread through this series and rant about it on Twitter. And most of my rants are about Hikaru Nogo because it's so good. It's amazing.
0: Okay, that's fair.
2: Other than that, I also read a lot of Toriko, uh, which is by Mitsutoshi Shimabukuro. Um, that's a mouthful, but it's fun to say. But Toriko is also kind of weird and it's a book my best friend told me to read and I'm still getting through it. And it's about a food hunter. And that's really all I can food say. Food hunter. Yeah, he goes and he searches out for, you know, really kind of gourmet foods. You know, he goes and hunts animals and Looks for special plants that can be made into better food and all that. It's really weird. Okay. It's one of the okay. weirdest series I've ever read in my entire life, and there's no real way it's to even that.
0: That actually has real weight to it, Renee. So I'll take your I'll take your word when you say that this one this one you know stands out amongst the pack in terms of its its weirdness. It's so
2: weird, and the thing was I couldn't even get into it at first. Like, my friend tried to show it to me, like, three times, and I just couldn't get into it, and then it slowly picked up, and I... And, you know, I kind of want to get through it. I'm almost at the end. I'm almost at the end, but I've still got, like, I think almost 100 chapters left in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 100 chapters? Holy cow.
2: Yeah, well, I'm at 300-some. So, like I said, I'm at volume 35, I think. So, you know, it's it's a it's a trip. And then the, this but it's is like, like
0: a lot, Renee. Do you, do you buy this digitally or physically or?
2: Uh, I I yeah, digitally. I do it okay, digitally, okay. and um, if the series is good, I will buy it physically. Like I have, um, okay. I bought like forty manga volumes last year. If that is an okay. indication of sure, how much money sure. I spend on these. Um, and then also the last thing that I read was the newest chapter of Berserk by uh okay. Miura. Mura.
0: Is which... that is is that Fist of the North Star? Am I totally pulling this out of nowhere? Is that the, similar no. or the this... same?
2: They came out around similar times. Berserk is a okay. is a um dark power fantasy and it was it was came out around the time of Fist of the North Star and it kind of broke all the molds though. Berserk is the ultimate dark fantasy manga and it's been around for like 30 years and it's such a good story, but it is super dark. It's uh I am really weary to tell anyone to read it because it is incredibly depressing.
0: Bad things okay. bad things happen in Berserk. Um, I'll put it on my list right now, Renee. You've you've sold me. Dark Dark Power Fantasy. Yes, please. Um yeah. Bad <laughs> things happen and only bad
2: things happen. Only bad things happen in Berserk. But it's That's really a poll quote.
0: That's a poll quote. Only bad things happen. Well you know. I, I like this, Renee.
2: There's a video that I can actually throw up later, but uh, there's a YouTuber that goes into why you should watch Berserk or read it, and he goes into really in-depth of why you should read it without doing too many spoilers. And it was what got me into the series. And honestly, I, I'm, I don't regret getting into the series, but just know that when I got to about halfway through it, I was depressed for a month just from this book so i mean
1: okay. that sounds fun i'll yeah. pay money to get depressed what yeah
0: <laughs> oh man it's really um, good
2: like like you know how like the red wedding kind of ruined a lot of people in game of thrones yeah times yeah. that by 30
1: see so, i bet renee this manga... what's one of these books
0: that isn't going to take years off your your life just go ahead and you know just quick quick recommend one right now that's not gonna have me sit alone in the corner and and have mad world by gary Jules play as i stare out on you know as the rain drips down the window pane uh is is there something you 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 can quick pitch here that wouldn't make me uh sad yeah
2: probably haikyuu okay but but you asked what i read this week and it was berserk Ber- yeah. at this point I'm just trying to get through the end of- but it also is it's really good it's really good storytelling the art's fantastic it's just super sad so that's it
0: and this book has been around for forever right been
2: about 30 years yeah
0: wow wow okay okay
2: yeah. awesome so, uh, so yeah that's what I read
0: so- <laughs> uh, what, what about you Kate um, have you been reading dark power fantasies that have been around for 30 years or
1: I have not sadly okay. I read okay. some number ones speak and speak for yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, see, I feel like that was probably put out by, like, is a, a secret, like, way to get people to pay for psychiatry and therapy. Like, it oh, was put sure, out yeah. by the Psychologist Association or something, and they're like, here, like, generate some leads for us. Read this. this,
0: this is Anyhow. an unhealthy collusion between mm-hmm, parties, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean,
2: Kate, I could do a whole mini-sode on Berserk, so, I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... I read one disturbing thing this week. I read Imaginary Fiends, number one, which is um, the new series by... T- image series by Tim Seeley. Uh, it wasn't Image? It might not be Image. I might have that wrong. This I, might, th- I think, I think, it, think it, it might be. Is it? Or is it IDW? Anyway, the point is, it's Tim Seeley, Stephen Molnar with Quentin um, win- Winter doing the colors and... I noped out of this one. I, like, finished the issue, but I'm, I'm noping out real hard um, of the series. I really like the writing by Tim Seeley, but having been traumatized by Shelob at a young age, I do not do Giant Spiders. And I was not aware that Giant Spiders were going to be in this. And this is not a spoiler, This is a warning. Giant spiders are in this. yeah. (laughs) So
0: if if, if arachnids trigger you, then this is not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Not
1: for me at all. So it is a cool series. The premise is that um, your imaginary friends are actually uh, creatures from another like parallel dimension that are trying to kind of get in. And they do that by uh, interacting with children or the mentally ill. And then they like feed off the the attention and most of them are benign they're just like normal imaginary friends and then a small portion of them are uh not benign and they feed off fear and control and so um this girl had one like that that like had latched onto her and made her kill her friend when she was i think 12. and so she ends up in a psychiatric hospital for like the criminally insane and the FBI shows up and is like, hey, you've been here a long time, but also we know that you're not crazy um, and that you didn't really do this by your own volition or whatever. So we'll get you out of here if you come work for us uh, help because like because you had this thing latched onto you, you can see them and most people can't see them. So come help us investigate cases like yours um, and you can come out. So that's like the first issue is...
2: All that, so, but it's a no. Wow. Her
1: her imaginary fiend takes the shape of a giant arachnid sometimes, and that's just not for me. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm
0: looking over at Kevin right here. Kevin says he would never do anything like that. He's very offended that that you that that people apparently think imaginary people do.
2: That, so. <laughs> I thought Kevin yeah, was you your like dog, drop- and then realize what. You What's
0: that, about. Kevin? Make them pay. no
2: okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah, if you like Drop Dead Fred, you'll be all over this one. Um, <laughs> so i also read sleepless number one per recommendations on the show i think mike's talked about it a couple times now uh this is the the one by sarah Vaughn uh with leila deluca del duca sorry on art um it is as promised it was absolutely beautiful love the story great setup definitely following up uh with this one and then i
0: think that's image right yeah that's definitely image Definitely,
1: yeah. maybe not. Certainly. I don't know. I'm confusing who did what. I don't have them sitting by <laughs> me. But anyway, I'm fairly confident. It it definitely feels like an image book. Um, if you like fantasy stuff, that that one's for you. Um, I also read the Image Expo Sampler, which has a bunch of like previews of their new stuff coming out. At and least we
0: know what publisher did that one, right? Oh. I'm real
1: confident this one's the Image.
0: <laughs> real <Shots> confident. Shots <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> Nick is just so aggressive when Mike's not here to rein him in. It's yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the one that stood out to me in that was uh, Echo Lands because it has J.H. Williams on art and his art is the best um, with Hayden Blackman writing. So the Bat Boys are back. If you remember, these guys did Batwoman for New 52. And then they pieced out when DC was like, you can't have a lesbian wedding. And they were like, okay, bye, bitches. Um, well,
0: I think part of it was also the fact that um, I, I don't think, and like J.H. Williams, if you listen to this, you can, sorry, J.H. Williams III, uh, if you listen to this, you can correct me, but I don't think he does a super great job at meeting month after month after month after month of deadlines. So um, I, I bet you he probably had like all of his issues queued up for the new 52, before it even started, because when you look at his style, you know that he probably he
1: probably does. Yeah, yeah I mean that doesn't yeah. have anything to do with why they pieced out. They broke contract over that. That was a whole thing. But um, anyway, th- the colors are by Dave Stewart. Letters by Ted Klein. Um, it's about it's playing with myth and mythic fiction. Um, it's about a world that doesn't remember its myths, and um, a young girl has to figure them out and fight against a wizard and so on and so forth. Um, she's called The Hood, and it seems like from the preview pages that she it's like playing into the Red Riding Hood myth, um, hmm. But which normally would not attract me at all. What's cool about but this is But no one's ever done that, that before, art, Kate. I, you know what? The, these retellings, like, you know what? I get, like, the whole point of myths is that they're retold and transform over time. Like, I, I'm not against it. It just gets a little... Tired after a while but the art is so beautiful if you like jh williams style art uh which i do so i will definitely be picking this one up um
0: if you don't get the fuck out yeah right what are you doing
1: <laughs> um and then i also read star wars volume five uh yoda secret war because what i actually did was got screaming citadel in a sale and then nick was like oh, you've read Star Wars Volume 5, have you? And I was like, no, I haven't. And he's like, well, then you're reading shit out of order. And that's why you have (laughs) to have friends. I did also say at that
0: point, it's probably inconsequential, but yes. Which was also correct. But see, that's the
1: reason you need comic book reading friends, because friends don't let friends read shit out of order. Good (laughs) looking out. That's a bumper
2: sticker right there.
1: Yep, yep. So... This is uh, the Jason Aaron series, just the title series, with Salvador LaRocca and pencils. And talk about a tangent. Holy crap. They, like... We start out with C-3PO's been kidnapped, and you're like, something's going to happen with that, right? And they're like, LOL, nope. (laughs) And then um, they're like, we can't go rescue him. He's just a droid. And R2-D2's like, whatever, I'm stealing a next wing I'll do it myself, bitches. And then you're like, something's going to happen with that, right? And they're like, LOL, nope. (laughs) I would assume they pick up those threads in Volume 6. But yeah, so then the rest of it is just... um, all flashback from Ben Kenobi's journals that Luke's reading, because he's like, well, can't go anywhere because the droids took off, so I'm just going to read this journal. And it's all about this side adventure that Yoda had one time on this planet we've never heard of, which was fun. Like, I enjoyed reading it, but, like, Nick did preface his uh, you should read this first with, but you probably don't need to. And that was correct. (laughs) Um, it also has the second annual at the end of this trade. Um, annual number two for... This is the Kelly Thompson one with Emilio... How do you pronounce that one? Lyso? Lyso? I think it's just
0: Lyso, yeah.
1: Okay, on pencils. <sighs> I didn't really care for it. I don't know. The story was good. I'm not a fan of that art. Like Any any Star Wars art that gets too cartoony or too... Um, has difficulty... Stylized. Yeah, it's not even stylized. Has difficulty with action poses, which... This definitely had trouble with Um, really throws me out of the story. And that is personal preference. I'm not saying it's bad. Um, So it just wasn't for me. But the main story was great. So that was pretty much my reading for the week. How about you, Nick?
0: Uh, well, you know, speaking of Star Wars, I also did some Star Wars um, reading, and <laughs> I also did some that was also drawn by Emilio Lyso.
1: Oh, what are your thoughts?
0: Like, here's my thing, is that it's, first off, like, any artist who willingly takes on a project um, where they're having to portray likenesses of real people, um, yeah, tough. you know, uh, a tip of the hat to them, that's tough. Yeah. That being said... I think I I appreciate visual styles more when they're stylized to a point that, like, I can still recognize, not to a point, like, I appreciate it where it's stylized, but I can still clearly recognize who's who, and there's not any guesswork involved, but I like that more than the very, like, realistically oriented artists that, like, get Luke 90%, and then like miss the like 10% So it enters the uncanny valley moment Where it's like oh. this is borderline Luke perfectly but something Is off and this is going to bug me for the rest Of the comic I will take the stylized Over the you know 85% close enough Luke um, Any day for the most part so um, That's understandable <clears throat> Yeah so I read that. It was written by Jody Hauser, who as some people know is sort of an up-and-coming writer. Um, she's recently written Faith for Valiant. She's also writing Mother Panic um, and the Mother Panic Gotham whatever that's coming up uh, for Young Animal. And so um, it was interesting uh, because with something like this, you always wonder if they're going to go beat by beat and just recreate the story. Um, I was kind of interested in this because I had heard whisperings that... Hauser had been given um, access to certain information that uh, allowed her to supplement the story based on uh, extra stuff from uh, who was, was this? This one was Gareth Edwards, right? I think it was. Directing. And so I was kind of in for that, because everyone always complains, oh, Rogue One wasn't fleshed out, characters weren't fleshed out, they weren't anything more than two-dimensional, to which I say, they had one movie to introduce a bunch of people, uh, tough shit, I love this movie, uh, hit me up on Twitter, we'll talk about it. Just kidding, don't, I don't handle confrontation well. Um... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was okay. <laughs> Uh, that being said, um, I'd never heard of Liso before, but apparently, as Kate pointed out, he drew that annual, and he's also currently drawing Doctor Afra. He's been drawing Afra since November.
1: Oh, so, so I haven't. Volume two of Afra is on my list after Screaming Citadel. I didn't know he was did that one
0: yeah in fact he might even not even that might not even be until three i'm not certain someone else would know um but hauser mainly sort of covers it beat for beat re-edits a couple story points there's a couple spots obviously in the movie where you have flashbacks and she shuffles a couple of the flashbacks around into different positions um it's it's a good streamlining of the film uh beyond that it doesn't really supplement that much unfortunately Again, I I do like Lysos' art. I think uh, he sort of has a more stylized take, but it's fine. Uh, The book also comes with the Cassian K2SO one-shot written by Dwayne Swarinski. I think. Might have that last name totally wrong. uh, Writing and Fernando Blanco on art. This was really stylized, um, and you get to see sort of an earlier story about basically how Cassian meets K2SO. Um, Really enjoyed that. Would have liked more of that. Maybe we'll get more of that. I don't know. Um, I also read Dark Knight's Metal 4 and Doomsday Clock Number 2. Yes, for those listening, you are correct. Both of those books are respectively on uh, one newer issue each than those, but I'm behind. Surprise. I coupled them together to talk about briefly because... Metal, I had very high expectations for because it's a Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo team up. Well, duh. What do you want? And Doomsday Clock, of course, is Jeff Johns attempting to drag Watchmen, kicking and screaming, out of its original largely standalone graphic novel and attempt to smash it into the DC universe. Not unlike, oh, you got your chocolate and my peanut butter. Oh, you got your peanut butter and my chocolate. Um, that whole shebang from the '80s, if anyone remembers that. And surprisingly, Metal. Is not that good. Honestly, um, it's too text heavy. It's a big mess. It's just unwieldy with poor pacing. It can't be read monthly, and I don't think trade weighting it is going to save it. Doomsday Clock, on the other hand, Jeff Johns has actually found a very good, streamlined, clean, and clear, and convincing way of explaining and reconciling how the events of Watchmen and the events of the DC canon can successfully coexist. Um, in um, yeah. Here's a hint. It involves multiple universes. It's a very good story. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but it's really, really good. And what I like about Jeff Johns here is he is actively manipulating and fucking with people, especially those who uh, really love Watchmen, because he's playing off of their expectations for um where things are going to go and, and how characters are going to act. So um, there's that briefly um one or two other things here um i read rocketeer cargo of doom or actually i haven't quite finished it yet um for those who are aware of the team of writer mark wade and artist chris Somney, uh you're probably more aware of their work on daredevil which wrapped a few years ago yeah, yeah. Uh, or their very brief work recently on captain america which of course is now being taken over by tenisi Coates and lentil U, I believe um But that being said, they actually teamed up all the way back in 2012 to do an IDW four-part miniseries uh, with Jordi Belair on colors uh, of the Rocketeer. Um, And for those who say, well, what is the Rocketeer other than some really, you know, evocative and smart art art deco designs with a jetpack, to which I say, fuck you, that's enough for me. Give me some action (laughs) shots of that thing rocketing through the air, I guess, fighting Nazis. That's enough. Um, and Your it's hair. a fun book It Exactly, it doesn't take itself too seriously um, And for those who Aren't familiar with The Rocketeer You might want to read the original By Dan Stevens first um, But it, it's by no means unapproachable So um, Yeah, that's, that's what I've been reading Other than that, I've just been Just started the first volume of Quant- The original Quantum and Woody um, by written by christopher priest drawn by md bright uh, and they're widely known as doing the quote-unquote best or most famous arc of black panther uh, but that's been it for me with that we will turn to our picks of the week um comic books come out on uh, march 7th 2018 uh, we'll start this with Kate. Kate, what book are you looking forward to? You stole my pick, you savage.
1: <laughs> I got there first. This is what comes yeah. with being prepared and on top of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I knew that We're I was not talking make your pick show, when I everyone. saw it. Like, it's I... not
0: going to happen. Like, <laughs> this escalation is way too strong.
1: Yeah, I was looking through my shops like... Uh, what was coming out this week and I saw this and I was like oh that's what I'm most excited for and that's definitely gonna be what Nick's most excited for too Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Lemire so wait did we decide it's Lemire or Lemire Lemire Lemire. okay we caught that one it's fine it's fine okay so this is Gideon Falls number one with Andrea Sorrentino on art and uh, there's a variant cover out there by Jock if you want to look at that too um, and Dave Stewart on Colors. I am super excited for this. It is about... Um, how would you describe this, Nick?
0: Um, we don't know a lot at this point so, yeah, because it like, is intentionally a mystery. A
1: mystery, right. It's a real mystery. Anytime you're like, throw that out there and like with the kind of horror bent, I'm like, get revival mm-hmm. vibes. I love me some revival. So... Uh, it also is being tagged as, like, character-driven, which is another keyword that I like to hear. Um, I, Like, does Jeff, um, does he write bad stuff? You know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say Lemire. it. Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Jeff. The Jeff. Does the Jeff yeah, yeah. <laughs> The Jeff. ever write bad stuff? I don't think so. editing
0: around this, Xander. Um, <laughs> yes, it does, and it's called... Uh, it's called Justice League United. Oh, um, I didn't read so that. So question answered, but uh, yes. Beyond that, no, everything else is stellar.
1: Yeah, but, I've never read anything I didn't And I can't like speak to him. old man
0: Logan, but aside from that, yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited for this too. People have drawn comparisons with what little we know to uh, Twin Peaks and True Detective, the good season. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I think you mean the only uh, season. Yeah, 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 like some Ooh. of the descriptions
1: in like... Stuff I was seeing gave me, like, X-Files vibes, so mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. all fun falling into the wheelhouse of things Kate enjoys, so as long as there's no giant spiders.
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't rule that out, honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no thanks.
0: Uh, what, what about you, Renee? Okay. What are you looking forward to? I
2: am looking forward to a plethora, of th- a plethora of things, but the main thing is the next chapter of The Promised Neverland, and that is chapter 77. And the Promise Neverland surprise is a manga. Uh, it's written. Mm. What? So- How long
0: is the chapter, Renee? Roughly? How well, many that's pages about twenty is like a pages. Chapter?
2: It's eighteen to twenty pages. Okay. So an yeah. issue. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's they're roughly okay. the same size. Um, and uh, yeah, you just get more books if you uh, apply to jump. You know, which you can do on Comicsology. Wink, wink. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Promised Neverland uh, stories by Kai Shirai, and the art is by Posuka Demizu. And uh, the Promised Neverland is about a group of children who are all very intelligent and they live on this like farmland with the, and they're, they all have the same mama even though they're all not, they all have the same mother figure even though they're clearly not related. And they're all like learning things and, and becoming smart until they get adopted. And then slowly but surely they find out that they're not actually getting adopted and that they're actually being raised as cattle for monsters that eat humans
0: i mean renee why do you read these things it's so good though
2: this is honestly this is like is that what
0: they say when they eat the people too renee is that so good it's so good though um
2: we've only seen them eat one human so i don't remember
0: we okay. weren't
1: allowed to run around and play because they said it made us too tough and gamey. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> yeah, they actually
0: yeah.
2: didn't want them to run around, but the main thing is that, like, because the brain is This kid is grass-fed. The brain, the brain is like the... Free-range. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, free-range kids. <laughs> sorry, Renee. Sorry, uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I don't even just, I just... Whatever. It's fine. I don't
2: know why I come up with stupid stuff. So is this, is this book
0: really... Does it handle this with a, a humorous approach, or is this one also very um Uh, no it's dark and and, and brooding
2: um it's it's a bit of both it's not i wouldn't say that it's comical it is very serious and it's but the kids are are very intelligent so they're thinking out of how to escape their predicaments and it's actually very it's more of a mind battle kind of thing Hmm. so it's very interesting to see how the kids figure out you know that the world that they live in isn't what it seems and then also seeing them take their next steps and again, we're only 77 chapters in, so it's still a very young series. And this is one of the series that has quickly been jumping to the top of Shonen Jump. And
0: it's,
2: it's, very, it's incredibly interesting. It's a really good book. I would suggest it to anyone that likes kind of like thrillers and suspense kind of thing.
0: Because okay. you really okay. are
2: on the edge of your seat. And um, and it's it is it's very intellectual. There's more mind battles than physical battles than anything. And it's sort of shows it goes along with that whole human survival type feeling. And the sure. arc that well we're that, going that shits through, all
0: the rage these days, right? Yes, yeah, so. it is.
2: It is. And the arc that we're in right now is finally without giving too many spoils, but we're finally starting to see the humans basically fight back against the they call them demons. Um, so they're finally sort of fighting back against them. And it's very exciting, and I really can't wait to see what's going. Especially since we know a lot more now than we have in the past of the series, which is which is kind of weird to say because the series is also really, really short. But it's it's so it's it feels dense without like really drowning you down in language. So. It's a really good book. It, it
0: just blows my mind when you're like, this is a new series. Okay, how many how many chapters? Seventy-seven. Okay. <laughs> and well, they're finally getting around fighting back. Like, do you know how what the average American audience would handle it if you're like, don't worry, in seventy-six more issues, the people aren't gonna lay down and take it anymore. So just buckle buckle in.
2: Well, that's the thing though, is that like, you know, the these these are these chapters are released weekly, you know, instead mm-hmm. of oh, instead of okay. monthly. And so when they're actually released here or like when they're released in their uh, trade form or whatever, you get about eight or 10 chapters per volume. But like that's Hmm. so you can read through them really quickly. So I mean, I think also just
1: reads a lot faster, like it has less words. So like for me, reading a volume of manga like a normal one that you get at Barnes and Noble takes me like 10 minutes, whereas a normal comics trade takes me an hour
0: and i'm not saying this is good or bad art from but from what little i know about manga like the visual density of processing a page doesn't seem well they're also much
1: smaller pages
0: yeah exactly exactly um renee i don't i don't know if you know the answer to this but i am curious um do most um japanese readers i guess it's not just japanese but is 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 manga strictly japanese jesus
2: manga is yes they have different words for it in other countries in okay, China that's what I thought okay Korea, good good good. In China and Korea it's called Manhua and manga mm. is the Japanese term for it.
0: We are just learning left and right over here. this is fantastic. <laughs> um, do you know if most of them prefer to read digital or do they read physical?
2: Uh, well, in Korea they have web comics and the, that's mostly okay. where they read the manhwa, is they're mostly posted digital and uh, they're mostly posted on sites by, okay. like, and all that and you could actually get apps for your phone to read more manhwa. And uh I don't really know. Yeah, I just
0: sort of it. figured when you, you know, when you see the pictures of everybody on the packed subway train with their phones out, I was thinking like, I wonder if everyone's reading digital cuz it looks like no one has the room to whip out a book. So, interesting. Well, um for me, now that Kate stole my pick, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. I'll just briefly mention uh another book cuz why not shine a light on something else while we're at it? Um What's really weird is I actually had three initial books to decide from, uh, all of which were written by Jeff Lemire. Very bizarre, but it happened. Uh, Of course, the first was Gideon Falls. The second is the fact that his uh, Black Hammer now has its second spinoff in um, Dr. Star in the kingdom of lost tomorrows, Uh, but the book I just want to briefly bring up is bloodshot salvation number seven Um, This is a book he's been writing for a while now back when it was also bloodshot usa and bloodshot reborn But with this iteration and with this specific issue, we actually have jeff Lemire also drawing this issue Um, But that's going to probably be not that difficult because this issue is going to be told in pitch black darkness I don't know if this is an attempt to spin having to meet a deadline a little bit quicker <laughs> than one thought. Um it brings to mind the fact that Justice League in the 80s was trying to meet a deadline if I remember this correctly and they found a way to do it by having a massive snowstorm and so they basically didn't have to draw anyone and they just drew text bubbles. Oh, they're fighting. Yep, you can clearly tell. Um So this will be interesting. It's Jeff Lemire, so I don't think it's a gag. I I think it's going to be something that should be pretty interesting as Bloodshot goes into the dead side to try to find a cure for his daughter, but he's also been blinded. Uh, So yeah, Yeah. we'll get back to this when I actually read it. I've seen some of the pages. It does actually look like pitch black darkness with word uh, bubbles, so we'll see. But like I said, it's Lemire. I don't think this is going to be some deadline-driven stunt. I think he's actually got something more creative, boundary-shattering in mind. One, One can hope. All right. Well, before we start the topic for today, uh, there's just a little bit of housekeeping left. I want to just briefly mention that we have a Q&A episode that will be happening on May 16th. And in regards to that, we are eagerly anticipating your questions for that episode. I believe Paul and myself will be on it. So uh, ask away and we'll do our best to answer those questions. Uh, with that in mind, let's go on to today's topic, which is comfort comics. Uh, that would be books and creators that you turn to to ease your troubled mind. So they're like comfort food in comics form, uh, possibly not down to the point where you actually are digesting said books. If that's the case, I think you have pika, which means <laughs> you have an... Uh, unbelievable desire to eat inedible things. I know that because I am on WebMD way too goddamn much. <laughs> so, <laughs> all of my foibles aside, uh, what do you guys think about these these comfort comics? Do you guys have any that come readily to mind? Um, do you have Pika? Uh, let's let's field all comers at this point. Uh, Renee, what about you? <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> I do not have Pika. Um,
0: that's a relief.
2: The <laughs> thing is, it's funny though because pica to me just means hot. Because like my my cousin when he was young, when he would eat something that was too hot, he would just go pica, pica, pica because it just meant hot, 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 hot in Spanish. So he would just say that. I just thought mom. he liked
0: Pokemon. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay.
2: Pica means hot in Spanish, or, or picante means spicy. Um, so if you read that on your paste salsa, that's what that means. Anyway, uh, my cousin would just say "pika" all the time to his mom if it was too spicy. So that's what that made me think of. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I guess I do have comics that I I mean, like I have trades and and volumes of comics, and I'd like to reread them all when I can. But I, I guess that there are some that I go to really so that that just always make me feel good. And uh, actually, one of them was the Boston comics- makes
0: me feel good, but. Bustin? Sorry,
2: Or Boston.
0: That's from the Ghostbusters song. Bustin makes me feel okay. Don't worry about it. Deep cut. Um, Deep thought. From uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Anyway, sorry, Renee.
2: Anyways, uh, one of the uh, <laughs> one of the books that actually is my comfort one is one that I read this week actually to prepare, and that is of course Hikaru no Go, uh, which is the manga about a board game. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, It's about this kid, Hikaru, who uh, has no interest in this board game Go that his grandpa plays, and then he's just sort of rooting around his grandpa's attic for stuff to sell to get spending money to buy like video games and stuff, because he's a little Wait, shit. Wait, is he selling
0: his grandpa's shit? Yeah. Is grandpa alive at this point? Yeah. Is this theft? Yeah, he's a
2: little shit uh, at what? the beginning of the story. And um, actually, he's kind of a little shit all the way through. But um, he ends up fu- coming across <sighs> this Go board.
0: Real character arc. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He ends up coming across this Go board in his grandpa's attic and he sees that it's stained with blood and tears. And um so he's he then what? realizes that the tears are from a ghost that is haunting the board and is crying over it. The ghost then uh possesses or haunts starts haunting Hikaru and starts teaching him how to play Go. And uh <laughs> <laughs> the series then escalates from there about Hikaru.
0: How does it escalate? It's already there, like, done deal. <laughs> this, like, happens, by the way, in the first, like, three pages of the first volume. <laughs> like... I'm going to haunt you. Oh, please, God, no. no even no, worse, I'm going to teach you this game. Well, the thing is, no. it does, it's not even like that. Like, <laughs> no.
2: Like it's, like, it's like, oh, you can see my tears. That must mean that you have room in your soul to house my own. And then it just comes in, and it's like he's like, what? And he passes out. And then it's just kind of haunting him the next day at school and it won't leave him alone. He's like, Will you shut up? Gosh, leave me alone. I like how he
0: won't even haunt a Ouija board, it's 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 Go, you know? At, at, at least it's not like haunted guess who, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. So the he's car he is like not even interested in, in playing Go, he doesn't even know how to play it. And then but the ghost like starts like crying if he and it affects his mood when the ghost is sad or upset or something like that. Uh, so he starts to like learn about the game uh because of the ghost and then he slowly finds out that he's a natural at the game and so then he slowly slowly follows his progression of trying to become a professional go player and then there's all other kinds of things happening in the series but um
0: and then this this just feeds into kate's book about the imaginary friends where you know he's at the middle of a tournament and he's like tell me what to do coach and like no one's there and everyone's just staring at him
2: Actually, there's a huge turning point in this in the book where he tells the, the ghost that he doesn't – because he lets the ghost play for him for uh, a part of the series, and then he tells the ghost
0: – What a little stinker.
2: Well, because he doesn't know how to play, and, and the ghost is the one that yeah. wants to play. So he's like, oh, um, I'll let you play because it means something to you. It doesn't mean anything to me.
0: Okay. But then okay. he
2: start, as he starts to learn more about it, he's like, I want to start playing. And then he starts playing against the ghost and they start like basically getting stronger together and all that. And, um, but it comes to this point where the ghost actually decides that it's um, basically fulfilled everything in its life and it heads to, it heads to heaven and it doesn't tell the kid. And so Hikaru actually spends, like, about two volumes going around Japan looking for the ghost because he's, you know, suddenly lost his friend and mentor. This is
0: making me real sad now, Renee. It's a Jesus. really
2: powerful arc, and it's super, super... Because, like, he, he even says, he's like, I'm not going to play Go anymore until the ghost comes back because I was being selfish. The ghost's whole life was about playing this game, and I was selfish taking it away from him. And then he finally plays one game with his friend, and realizes that the way that he plays is the way that his the way that the ghost plays because that's where he learned so he's like the ghost is alive mm-hmm. in the way that i play and he starts like crying it's a really beautiful moment and i'm getting really emotional thinking about it
0: uh it's not I, just you or AGs.
2: it's a really it's it's a really beautiful moment and then the art in this book i'm not even joking is amazing because the artist takeshi obata is the artist that drew Death
0: Note. Oh, so, okay. See, even I know what that is. Yeah. Kate, do you know what Death Note I is? I love the movie. I love of the movie. How dare I'm just, you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Right? I've never seen it. I just knew that that was the perfect thing to say to anyone <laughs> because it was going to just light light a fire underneath you.
2: <laughs> I almost... Uh, uh.
0: This book definitely doesn't sound like it's a no go. No, Um, it's it's really good. It's
2: it's it's, honestly it's my favorite series. It's my favorite manga series. I reread it literally almost every year, and I uh, it's so good. It's one of my favorite. It's my favorite series of all time. And um, Takeshi Obata actually does another series called Bakuman, and he does it with the writer of Death Note, Sugumi Oba, and Bakuman. That
0: get a movie as well?
2: um, Yes, but in Japan. Um, okay, but Bakuman is super meta because it's about manga writers.
0: Oh, okay, so it's, I know this one, Mike's Mike loves this book so it's much because it's
2: so good. So it's like a behind the scenes of what happens in their industry. And so, honestly, if you're even like a little bit curious of how all that works, read Bakuman because it is fantastic, it's really good. And also, it's so
0: interesting yeah. to me that books like that are so popular over there, and yet when I think of Sort of an analog in America What comes to mind are a lot of those Box Brown books, like the one about Tetris And the one about Andre the Giant Where you have this really Interesting moment Where you can be entertained And educated at the same point Without sacrificing either Um, And it sounds like What's so interesting about manga is that That's sort of um, Very typical over there That you're, you're learning about some Obscure niche while being entertained at the same time.
2: Yeah, that's actually that's a theme in most manga that's tailored for uh, younger audiences. Is they teach you about the things that the story is, like um, okay, and, and that's that's kind of thing. They didn't do it so much like in in Dragon Ball or Fist of the North Star. But I was like, going to
0: say what what's what's the, what's the life lesson from from Dragon Ball is you know, I think you need I'd, to glow more and get more ostentatious hair as as things go on
1: i think it, that pokemon was... taught me how to capture animals and make them yeah. fight for my amusement
0: yeah do not leave them in their natural habitat <laughs> they do not like it there well, pokemon, they may look happy but they are hiding it
2: pokemon was originally a game and not a manga they made the manga because the game was so popular and then all the anime came <laughs> after oh. was
1: that an um actually
0: <laughs> yeah i guess i
2: never thought about yeah that. yeah huh. it was because you know i'm not i was you know. I was like,
1: That's not a manga. Okay,
2: I get it. You guys are poking <laughs> fun. I get it. That's a whole thing. But when you're wrong, no, you're we're, wrong.
0: we're learning, Renee. We're learning. I can we're hear the tones fun, in your voices.
2: I'm not a moron. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it. I get it. Oh, it's boy. weird. It's fine.
0: Now we've upset Renee. I enjoy uh,
2: it, so it's all good. I. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I, go
0: is Chinese checkers, right? Am I completely off on that? Yes,
2: it's
1: like Chinese chess, right?
2: Mm yes and no
1: like it's uh, more of a strategy game than checkers. says it is
2: it is a strategy game it's a capturing stones game so the whole point is you have two two stones black and white and they go against each other and the whole point is you're trying to surround each other's territories on the board and it is a strategy game and generals both in china and japan and even later in korea used it um to sort of simulate battle strategies Right. i think is, they said
0: it's even harder than chess because yeah. the amount of combinations is actually drastically higher anyway it's infinite. so that's go it's, we're we're learning yeah yeah it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. infinite so even that's... though
2: they have the computer that will never lose in go the thing is that go is a game that constantly oh, right. evolves. right because there's there's it's put on a grid and there's an infinite number of moves that can be made and that's actually one so how the...
0: long has this is this book done at this point renee
2: yeah hikaru no go is over it's been over for a couple of years um
0: couple years okay so okay. it is interesting. it
2: is complete uh, i think it's got less than 30 volumes
0: i think it ends
1: up this is a little thing
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah 30 i can't tell you how many books would die to reach 30 issues mm-hmm. <laughs> oh that's so interesting yeah well it's it's a different way yeah it's a different way of life
2: how
1: about you nick
0: um for me i i think uh, a lot of sort of my comfort books are Star Wars books, um, and that really boils down to the fact that, for better or for worse, uh, one like I know the universe like the back of my hand for the most part. So, and, and I think familiarity is is such a big part of these these comfort things. It's not, you know, when I want to lay down and relax, I want to go into uncharted waters. No, no, no. It's it's something you know. And of course, beyond that, I think with the Marvel books. Uh, for better or for worse because it has streamlined things and things are more accessible and they cut some of the chaff that needed to be but in a lot of ways there's not that much risk or real danger involved like i'm not staying up like worried whether or not han solo is going to die because i mean (laughs) going to die within the confines of the current ongoing i should say uh, because it's it's not going to happen except Apparently now, because of rebels, time travel is now a thing in Star Wars. Anyway, that's just a recent development, but we won't get into that. Um, so a lot I mean, that's of that's no
1: different than like, okay, Superman's or, never going to truly die and never come back. Like that's true uh, for a lot of comics.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want to, yeah, if you want to talk about like the the problem that is superhero death, sure. Like no one's probably going to be gone forever, except whichever version of the Flash was actually gone for thirty years or whatever. But right. But, yeah, I mean, but but we are literally talking about the fact that we're not even talking about superhero death here. Like, Han Solo is not going to die. I know. know, Chewbacca's not going to die. Um, And people will be like, oh, Nick, you know, and adjusting their geeky glasses down to their nose. I just want to point out that I think Dr. Aphra might not prove the case. Look, like. Maybe Kieran Gillen will will make me eat humble pie on this, but I believe Doctor Afra is nearly as safe of a character as any of these other protagonists. That yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Well, even like it's not it's not quite Han and Chewbacca, right? Because they can't die due to. Right, the chronology, right but yeah. I think if you look at how popular the character Doctor Aphra is, if you look at how marketable she's become and how ubiquitous she is in the Star Wars landscape now, I I, I think she's pretty much borderline there. I I think she's going to be safe. Prove me wrong, Kieran Gillen. Prove me wrong. Uh, actually, don't, because then I think you're going to get a lot of mean letters from a lot of upset people. Um, but so Star Wars definitely holds that place for me, and and I mean everything from from the current Marvel stuff to the really old really goofy stuff from after the movie came out and they were just sort of uncharted waters let's do whatever we want um so those things as well so Star Wars definitely is is one of those things for me um what what about you Kate I know I think Star Wars maybe holds a a similar place for you
1: Yeah, uh, the Star Wars universe, to an extent, uh, certain art styles like we were talking about just throw me out of it with Star Wars or if the writer doesn't really nail the character's voices, sometimes it doesn't hit that warm fuzzy place for me if I can't really get into it. But a lot of the current Star Wars Marvel books um, do that for me for the same reason. It's just, you know, going back to the universe that you love from childhood Star Wars watching and reading and all that. Um, I don't really reread comfort comics like i do for books i have certain books that i'll read over and over when i'm you know it's exam week or something bad has happened in life or whatever but i typically only reread comics when i want to read the next issue or volume and can't remember what happened in the last one do a lot of that kind of rereading um but i do go back to and have bookmarked certain like web comics um that are funny that cheer me up so like my favorite is poorly drawn lines and I have like printed collections of them too that I'll reread and XKCD <laughs> sure, sure. is another favorite of mine and then um, not so much lately like they live in my parents house I don't even have them with me but I used to as a kid go back to and reread comic strips that were favorites of mine um, for like cheer up purposes like Kelvin and Hobbes and Peanuts were my two favorites so I think that kind of thing but yeah honestly like when, when I'm t- when I think like comfort like I think of like oh to make you feel better and then I think comedy so like poorly drawn lines falls into that for me
0: yeah and I and I think there's a real easy inclination to go to comedy and I, I don't think that's nece- necessarily like true for everybody but I, I think on some level that's also um, true for me uh, with some things uh, like I, I really enjoy Rocky and Bullwinkle on occasion or even um, Uncle Scrooge uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, IDW does have a limited license with some Disney comics, and it's a lot of the uh, Disney comics that were printed in like the 70s and the 80s over in Europe that we really never got. Um, and so I, I really enjoy a lot of that stuff. It's it's episodic. No one's really going to get hurt. <laughs> Nothing devastating is going to happen. Uh, it's just a limited adventure, and, and you just go through it and... and It's not really high stakes And I think that's probably one of the more Defined um, Elements Uh, There are definitely certain things that I, I Do not read Um (laughs) <laughs> when I'm trying to like calm down for sure uh, I usually always am sort of Reading two books at once anyway And I've talked about this at length on the show before But there's always something a bit weighty Or maybe more cerebral Or maybe more artistically engaging uh, And then on the side There's something a bit lighter and, and, and easier So there's always something Ready to meet whatever mood um, I'm in So uh, any anything else, Renee, That comes to mind for you? Um,
2: well Honestly, like I, I, I guess I don't reread um, things that just that make me feel better or like that. I don't. I don't really read always happy stuff for comfort comics. I just read sure. things that I, like just even s- stories that I just think are really really good. Like because then by the mm-hmm. when I get to the end of it, I'm just like, oh, that was so good. I'm so glad that I reread that because I mean, I, I hardly think that. When I was talking about that moment in Hikaru no go, I don't think that can be described as happy because it was kind of sad, and most of the time when I read it I'm in tears. Or when I reread Naruto, there's a lot of moments in that where I'm crying, but it's such good storytelling that I'm like, Yes. Why can't all books be this way? So Yeah. But I mean that that happens the same no, Like I fair. I reread I reread um Ed Brubaker's run on Captain America or his Thor, because those are really good stories. Or even Jeff John's Infinite Crisis, even though Superboy dies at the end and horrible things have happened. At the end, you're like, yeah, that was definitely worth the hour I spent reading that. And you know what?
0: Day not waste. No, I... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, that's just the way that
2: I look at it. So I don't think I read things that I'm like, oh, I know that it's only happy. But, like, I definitely read things that I've already read, but, like, they're things that, you know, leave me, I guess, full is a way of saying it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they sort of leave you content or or sated. You know, they don't necessarily have to have you rolling in the aisles and, and, you know, laughing uncontrollably, but sort of there's there's a sense of contentment that comes with it, I guess, is what you're sort of getting at.
2: Yeah, I would kind of compare it to the euphoria of, you know, I don't know if you guys played sports back in high school, but like when you have a really hard practice or a really hard game and you're just, you're finally done. There's just this wash over you and you're just, And I think it's kind of like the same feeling. And I really, I don't know, I get that from certain books and they're not always generally happy. But they're, they're also not like super depressing. They're not like preserve
0: or anything like that <laughs> no i i definitely get what you're getting at um i'm sort of the same way like i'm not i'm not a big movie re-watcher i'm not a big book rereader. um i feel like i'm perpetually in a state of being behind on anything and everything that i'm supposed to be consuming in the modern media landscape which is a terrible perspective to have but it's the where i am and so, like, why would I re why would I reread something? Like, I'm gonna fall behind even more. Uh, but I think what happens for me the most when it comes to rereading, or the scenario in which it happens most frequently, is um, either it's when we like read a book for Goodreads or or, or a, a book club sort of thing that I've already consumed, and naturally here I am reading it again. Uh, or even when like I recommend something to like Mike or or Kate, or we're gonna do a a mini sewed on a book, and I find myself you know getting a getting an opportunity to reacquaint myself with something or or especially if i've if I've gone and recommended a book to someone uh getting to remind myself why i why I really appreciated it the first time around um, which is why i've i I sort of feel the same way about the valiant uh sometimes it's it's really sometimes it's even less about the book's content and it's more about. Uh, the place that sort of transports you to in terms of like where you were in your life or where you were in your comic book collecting. Uh, yeah. Um, and and sort of like the Valiant was a big deal for me because that was the first time I started um, buying um, Valiant books and singles, and so that's that's something that always sticks out to me because that was probably the first Valiant um, hard copies uh, f- hard copy single issue that I'd ever purchased, and so. Um, you know things like that they just they bring you back to a certain time or a certain place and so even even if the book itself doesn't evoke certain emotions uh the the context for reading that book sometimes getting back to that place um has its own value i think
1: yeah i agree i like i do reread books um that way not comics and that's a big part of it for me is like it reminds me of a certain time and place and like there's this one series of books that i like flew through on vacation one time and so it reminds me of that vacation and that setting and it's just yeah um kate you go on vacation and read books i'm like yeah hell yeah that's what vacations are for right
0: how else am i gonna catch up yeah Yeah. (laughs)
1: um but yeah, I, I agree. I also agree with Renee. Like there's, um, I don't know that I purposely seek out stuff like that, but like a really engaging series that it just sucks you in. It's It takes your mind off everything else. And you're just like completely absorbed is a great way sometimes to be comforted, even if it's not particularly comforting, like story-wise or whatever. It's just a nice distraction. And who doesn't enjoy just a really good series, right? Like that's just, yeah.
0: I mean I think a good example of that for me is like I really enjoy Brian Woods uh, Alien Salvation Like I don't think most people Would think let's let's cuddle up By the fire and let's let's Get ready to go to bed and just put my mind In a good mind space and let's Read about xenomorphs putting that extendable mandible <laughs> through the back of someone's uh, head. Um, you know, I think you have uh, I, problems. I, I, I don't. was talking about a punk band exactly, named Extendable know.
2: Mandible.
0: <laughs> you know, it's it's not like it's not like Good Night Moon. You know, it's not like uh, Good Night Marines. Good Night Flickering Light. Good Night z- Xenomorph crawling on the wall, dripping slime on things. It's not. It's not really comparable, but. Uh, For me it reminds me of of Playing Alien Isolation Which has the same sort of aesthetic Which probably should also invoke Pants shitting fear and terror Um, But it was such a good It was such a good video game And I had such a good um, terrifying um, uh, Time with it I really should have been hooked up to a heart monitor for that game Uh, But it it sort of evokes that aesthetic And it evokes that period Uh, and, And sometimes Especially when a franchise you love Or a series you love um hasn't really done anything recently. Sometimes you just go back and and remind yourself, you know, this this was a good one from that series or this was the last thing I remember and maybe we'll get something in the future, but for now, you know, I'm just happy to reacquaint myself with what's out there. So,
1: yeah. I wish I had more to say. I can't really think of anything though. I feel like we're just kind of like all of us are like, yeah, we don't really read comfort comics like so much. I don't know.
2: I mean, I do, I. But I do. Well,
1: you know, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know.
2: I said everything that I wanted to say about it, other than talking about Spider-Man. But uh, it'd just be more of the same.
1: Spider-Man's not comforting. It involves spiders,
2: dude. Spider-Man, is, Spider-Man is super comforting. Spider-Man is so comforting because it's, it once Peter Parker is like an average guy from a blue-collar family. And so many bad things. He had a traumatic experience
1: with a spider. That's the most horrifying thing I can imagine.
2: The thing is, there's been so much death in his life, and yet he continues to try and believe in the fact that people should do good, that there is a reason to keep striving to do good, despite the fact that there is a constant line of shit pouring on you, and that it's still worth it to be a good person and to do good and to strive to try and help everyone. And you know what that puts yeah, a good no, that puts I, I a good can see feeling, going back to something like
0: that that puts a good feeling yeah. in my
2: stomach
0: yeah. well it's 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 so rare to find like characters that are for the most part un, unyieldingly optimistic or or whatnot. and I think a lot of times we we criticize those characters for being simple or two dimensional and I think Superman frequently probably is the DC um, counterpart to, to Spider-Man in that regard but yeah, I, I think people also turn to those stories, or the idea that they know that that character, for the most part, won't won't break or won't compromise. Uh, those sorts of perspectives. So I can I can see where you're coming from. Even
2: though there are, have been times where Peter Parker and Spider-Man have been like, "I give up, I'm done." He comes sure. back, and he comes back in such a fantastic, glorious manner that you just fall in love with it all over again. Like when he came back from. Be, from being Doc Ock, Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man, you're like, Peter Parker oh God, is that is so
0: weird. Yeah. I mean,
2: Green Goblin's making fun of Otto Octavius, and he's like, what will you have, Otto? What will you have? Nothing. Ha, 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 ha. And then Peter just goes, well, I'll have the dignity of knowing I never carried around a man purse. And then they just do that close-up <laughs> on his face, and he just goes, it's you, the one and only. And I was like, yeah, Spider-Man. was so
0: good well it's official i definitely want renee reading the screenplay adaptation of that book um (laughs) that's that's simple that's easy i want that (laughs) now um (laughs) no that's good i i uh I, i think probably the only other book that sort of comes to mind that i'll just briefly bring up here um, that I think too In terms of, of comfort reads And it's definitely A non-conventional one But Paul Jaceley, uh Will appreciate this uh, Is Transformers versus G.I. Joe Which is, is sort of a weird one Because unlike Star Wars This isn't a book That takes place in a universe That I'm, I'm super familiar with um, I'm not familiar with either Of the two universes um, very well I can probably name About five G.I. Joes And I can probably name about Uh Two Transformers There's the the Big Rig And there's the one that's a jet And that's about it But that being said um, There's something about Tom Scioli's book I, I, Tom Scioli and John, Bar- John Barber's book um, Where when you look at some of the pages It's just pure sensory overload Like you have these splash pages And there's like 70 75 characters all all doing all sorts of different things on the page uh and it's almost not unlike the the where's waldo books of of one's childhood uh where you just enter into this like sensory overload of just slowly taking everything in and and it also makes me think of like the i spy books as well where you know that you can come back to this book later um and open it up and and find things and discover things and and you know um Spy things I guess um, (laughs) That you never saw before Uh, Or you know there's always Something new or there's always a little nuance Or some little action that you didn't catch Before and there's something new to Appreciate Uh, and there's Sort of a weird zen that Comes with my mind being sent into that State of like oh my god I can't take in all of this at once it's just overdrive um, For me So um, there's something Oddly calming About that I guess but I think that pretty much wraps it up for all of us, I would say. So let's go to the credits. Let's do the credits.
1: Thank you for listening to our show today. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kate Scotchless.
0: I'm at Death Star Plans.
1: I am at Rodriguez29. And the whole show is at IRCB Podcast. We retweet stuff and post polls like Saddest Comics Dad. Uh, <laughs> Mike posts those. They're crazy. Uh, so if follow us to get those
0: beyond that you can check us out at our goodreads group um, we have weekly threads this week's thread is most villainous of the villains feel free to contribute your two cents on who you think qualifies for that title uh, you can also check us out at our website ircbpodcast.com uh, if that's where you want to catch up on episodes that's an excellent place to do it
2: make sure you rate and subscribe uh, you know, let us know if we're doing a good job and all that you can also email the show at ircb at org
1: infinity shred is the best they do all our music xander is a wizard who edits the show and is going to make this one so great i can tell if you listen to this and it went well it's because of xander so thank you thank you thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time
2: Uh, well, we uh, went yeah, a little. So we fun. went a little
0: over. How much? We, yeah. uh,
1: how much by a little?
2: We ended at thirty-seven twenty-five. Oh, that's not bad.
0: Yeah, especially when you cut out one or two minutes for padding to start the intro and all that. Yeah, You're we yeah like,
2: we started at fifty-five probably. seconds.
0: Yeah, 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 so that's an extra minute. No, I I, I think things are good. But technically, without without your second um.
2: Without your your clean outro, we ended cake. at at thirty six thirty, which is still not that good. bad.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> famous last words. I think Xander will be happy with that. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh, don't
0: cut the face. The, the then, thing and we and really lost and, 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 time and, and, was
2: was Kate picked so many
0: books. I think oh, I'm sorry.
2: I mean, I don't <laughs> care. No, no, it no, doesn't no, matter no. to me. It's fine.
0: This is, we're, we're, this is good, knock on wood. And then it's like, I think Xander will like this. And then it's the Ron Howard voiceover of, he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I thought yeah.
2: I thought Nick was going to pick more books. And the fact that he didn't was like, I was like, whoa. Because that's what happened last time. Yeah, I, was I shouldn't
1: have gone through all mine. Because we started What's talking up? about the Star Wars one. And then I, uh, okay. any, anyway, anyway. Here's the thing,
2: though, is that like, other than the Star Wars one, all the books that you talked about, I was like, I want to read those. So...
0: I, I, I don't know, mine, man. Pretty. How do you
1: feel about giant fucking spiders? Um, <laughs> I actually don't mind
0: spiders. I, I think they're a staple in manga. So I hate no, snakes. I have no idea if that's fucking true. I hate oh, snakes, snakes I don't
1: mind. But for, for real, like, when I read, after reading um, The Two Towers as a kid, I began having, and to this day continue to have, reoccurring nightmares of getting, like, trapped by a giant spider, like, in the web, mm. like, cocooned, you know, with your, like, can't move and it's crawling towards you and it's huge like nope 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 nope
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> in, insert <laughs> sure.
1: meme here nope 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 nope, well, nope. You yeah I <laughs> would hate
2: my apartment then because i find spiders randomly crawling on the walls or like uh just slowly descending from my ceiling Ugh, yeah, like, hey, no, what's up, they dude? really
1: creep me out like not in like a like i just kill them i mean i'm not like what is it? A arachnophobic or something? But I do yeah. massively dislike them. Um, but the giant spider thing is a, a very particular. Like I'm like, well, I'm gonna dream about this tonight. Fuck
2: you. Yeah. I was gonna say when so. you said nope on that book and then you gave it such a really good like review. I was like, wait, why is it a nope?
1: Oh, Tim Seeley is the best. It is really well written. Um, I was waiting for Nick to be like, yeah, but he wasn't as good as Tom King on Grayson. <laughs> <Tom> <laughs> Grayson yeah. That is the best Nick Yep,
0: got the words right out of my mouth.
1: I know, because I've heard this argument hear so many times.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, okay.